Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Deacon Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world that is now owned by Argentina. How'd you like the end of that game, Bob? That's such a great place to start. It's just so fantastic that I I was up in Cleveland. We'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, being with my younger brother, his birthday was Friday, so we had dinner together and he gave me my Christmas present. So we'll talk about that part later, but watching that in game with my brother and his wife and kids, and then how it went into over, you know, penalty kicks and overtime, it was one of the best, best. Actually, there's word that people are saying it's the best world cup final ever. You must've just loved it. Right, Bob, right, Bob. Tell me about that. I was being a good dad. Okay. I was at my third (laughs) mass of the day. (laughs) That's unbelievable. (laughs) So, I uh, was watching the game, and Argentina was up 2 nothing. if you were watching the game, of course. and With 10 minutes left. And my daughter, uh, who had a headache who in the love, morning, who I love daughter. very much. You I love, love her, her very, dearly. very, very much. Dearly. My daughter hadn't you gone to mass. Life for her. I would. I would. Uh, hadn't gone to mass because she had a headache. But then she felt better, and she wanted to go out that night. And I was like, whoa, wait, you can't go out if you had the headache. And she said, well, I can go to mass now. Well, now it's 11.30. And it's like, well, there is a noon mass. So, all right. And I'd like to get her to mass. So, okay, you can go to mass. Now, sometimes... Oh, that's, so, that's so thoughtful of you. Isn't that thoughtful? Yes, as, yes, a, yes. as a Catholic dad, it's a new idea. To if you let get her your, go to mass. Get, let, allow her, nice. allow wow. her to receive the sacraments. Are you benevolent or Oh, what? my goodness. It's, it's hard to talk about. We don't have enough time to go there because this is only a, a two-hour podcast. That's right. So uh, now the only mass that's game. available game. was at St. Peter's, which is downtown Steubenville. And that happened to be their noon mass on Sunday is a, ex- no, I guess they're not extraordinary anymore. It's considered a low mass. It's in Latin, but it's not the high mass with lots of chanting. Right. It's the low mass with lots of very quiet speaking. Okay. So because we don't usually go to that parish, my daughter was like, can you come with me now? I'd already served at the 8 and the 9.30, but am I a good dad? Is that a question or a statement? Well, I'm actually proposing it to you. Yes, you're a good dad. You're an amazing dad. How'd you like the end of that game? And though? so I instead oh. went to oh, I, mass I, I, maybe I with my daughter going. over watching the most exciting sporting event but perhaps sure, in my lifetime. I'm sure you DVR'd it so you could watch the rest of it when you got home, right? And I set the DVR for a half hour extension. Oh, not not taking in mind extra time. And Oh. Oh. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I and I love my daughter. I'm sorry I brought it. I didn't realize any of that or I wouldn't have brought it up. You need to go to confession. <laughs> Seriously, we had, honestly it was I saw the highlights. I it mean, it was crazy. I, like it, when it was 2 to 2 nothing. Yeah. And then in 90 seconds. Yeah, it got, well, and so as I'm about to walk out the door, it ties up and I go, Maria, I'm like, are you sure are you, you need to go are to you mass? Are you sure you need to, me to go to mass with you? Okay, okay. And she looked at me with her beautiful eyes and she said, you're the best dad ever. And I'm like, yes, I am. Let's go. I mean, it was a blast. And, so yeah. And I'll never forget that beautiful moment with my daughter. That's great. You can't have that back. I um, can't. There's no way I could ever yeah. possibly Nine, repeat 90 that experience. Seconds, 90 seconds, France scores two yeah. goals. I saw that one. Which was Mbappe, something. Mbappe, man. Killian Mbappe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dude's for real. And then they score, obviously. Um, Messi scores in the overtime. Yeah. What they call does, overtime or is that what they call it? Uh, it's called extra time. Extra time. Extra time. I'm sure there's some translation that would call it overtime. But the the when it's tied, it's called ex- that next... 15 minutes is called extra time. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, Messi scores in that, and it's like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. They're going to win. And right. then Mbappe scores. Mbappe, Mbappe had a hat trick. On a handball, yeah, yeah, which was crazy. Yeah. So, it's funny. It was really funny. And then so, penalty shootouts at the end for those that didn't get yes, a chance, for the one right. person that, who didn't actually yeah. get a chance to know what goes on. And Argentina wins the World Cup for the first time, I think, since like 1978. No, 30-something, I thought. Oh, that long ago? I thought so, wasn't it? No, that, that can't no, be, because no. Maradona won it. Maradona is still alive. Okay. Yeah, okay. so no, it's, um, but they hadn't won it for a very long time, and obviously Lionel Messi, who's considered perhaps well, some. one of the, well, he's it's one of the greatest. One of, yeah, that's one of the, hands down, one of he's, the. He's one of the goats. He, he would be on the quote-unquote Mount Rushmore of, oh, really? of football, except, of course, Europe doesn't even know what that means. Yeah. But he's won and, the. And, and America doesn't know what football <laughs> means. <laughs> and there so. he goes, yeah, soccer. Yeah. So anyway, uh, it was a big win for Lionel Messi, uh, who's just a lovely guy everyone yeah. just loves he he's just to be. he's just friendly Actually, he's hard working i noticed oh i was gonna say i'm sure you saw it at the end but maybe you didn't um so the guy kicks the penalty kick and makes it and yes. they win yes he so he takes off his shirt why he does that i'm not exactly sure it's why just a thing okay uh in image tattooed you're, you're, on his you're, shoulder you're perspiring you need okay. you need yeah tattooed on, tattooed on his shoulder was of our lady it was so it's kind of tattooed. a beautiful yeah it was kind of beautiful the plane, image the plane. of his lady uh, of our blessed mother tattooed on his uh, shoulder which is Obviously, Argentina is a very Catholic culture and Catholic country, so that was kind of cool. It was funny, though. So I was watching with Oh, my you know, when I went to Rome, one of the last stops of the Vatican tour is this huge glass case where they had an autographed Argentina jersey to the Pope oh, and pictures funny. of Messi standing with the Pope. That's funny. Obviously, Pope Francis being from Argentina. But so does he not was, watch soccer. He doesn't. This is really interesting. He, because he would have been screaming his lung out. He stopped watching. I just see what I did there. I just, yeah, I He's just got one lung. I googled it a little bit about you know him being from Argentina. If he had any comment about it, um, apparently in the 1990, maybe there was a game he was watching. His team lost, and and he said he's not watched TV since that. Any he, TV? He does not watch TV. Like, uh, right? Exactly. Like he gave up the entire medium of yep, television. Yep. He does. He's not watched TV in over 30 years. Which is just kind of an interesting perspective. He's not. He's probably not watched any of the A Team then. No, that was before 1990. He's probably watched it all. That was probably the last thing he yeah, watched. Yeah, probably was. was the A Team. He probably yeah. thinks it's still on. Yeah, yeah, somebody should tell him. But he said there's a friend of him that is, of his. I'd love is, to see Mr. T meet Pope Francis. That would be pretty cool. That Swiss that keeps him up on the scores of, of, of soccer and that kind of thing. So that was kind of interesting. The other funny thing is, so I'm texting my mother back and forth, and my mother, no, she doesn't care about soccer at all. Right. Um, so she texted me later and she had the teams mixed up. She knew that I wanted Argentina. So she was rooting for yeah. Argentina. Everybody was kind of, unless you live in France, yeah. everybody was rooting for yeah. Argentina. Yeah. And, so she had it mixed up. So when, when France scored, she thought that was Argentina. So she was happy. And then she realized, wait, <laughs> something's not right here. Yeah. So it was, it was great. It was a lot, a lot of fun, but there was also some football. Yes. Um, it's crazy. Your team, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are number one in the NFC South. And you know this is going to be. And, and I was talking to what? I was talking to Father Gregory about this. The this record is, is what? Um, they literally have a losing. Is it five record. and seven? Yes, maybe? I think so. This is this is a great homily about God's grace. How can you lose and yet still be winning? I don't know. Answer that question for me. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, that's the answer. Because they have a five and seven well, record, yet they're still number one in the division. Number one is, in the division. I think it's six and eight. I think the rest are five and nine. Actually, that is accurate. Now I'm thinking about it. Uh, the Buccaneers are six and eight, and every other team in the division is five and nine. Yeah. 
That's crazy. Here's what I love about sports. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Browns fan, which mm. is not an easy lift. Yeah. I mean, that's heavy lift. And this was before the game on Sunday. And he was beginning to talk to me about what would happen for him, for them to make the playoffs. I said, this is what's so great about sports. You mean this, this season? Yeah, yeah about sports <laughs> and particularly a Browns fan. So he's you're like, telling me there's still a yeah, chance. Yeah, so saying, if this were to happen and that were to happen and these three teams were re-relegated. And if then, Russia yeah, launched that's right, nukes that's right, and, that's right. and destroyed the western half of the no, country, it was so, it was, we might be able to make it It in. was actually really kind of cute, so. Yeah, those Browns fans are adorable. But it was really as fun. is their little mascot, their brownie mascot, yeah. which is back on the field. Yeah, we were. I was actually I was in Cleveland, and it's it's actually being in a big city around Christmas this time of year. Yeah, it really was. There was just there I'm was, going to Cleveland tonight. There was a number and Wednesday night and there's, Wednesday there's night. There's a yeah. number of shows that were going on, mm. and the Browns were playing, and the Cavs were playing, and all the Christmas lights. We went down and we had dinner. My brother and I for his birthday and Christmas. It was just wonderful, but. It was really just a very Christmassy. Right. Yeah, it was wonderful. And if, you you are, down to if the, you're not familiar, the movie A Christmas Story is actually indeed, from indeed it is. Cleveland. Have you gone to the Nutcracker downtown, all the Nutcracker displays and all that? I haven't yet this year. Um, okay. Have you gone down? No, I've not. I've ne- actually I've never gone down to oh, oh, COVID what? just threw COVID oh, threw everything out. Yeah, I guess that's right because you got here during that stuff. Yeah. So they used to all be down by the fort, and now they kind of spread them around. Okay. with different places, but it's a really fun thing to do. I mean, people come from all over to see it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Mingo. So just for those of again those of you who don't know, there's are there a hundred, two hundred? I don't even know how many there are. I don't think there's two hundred, but there's like dozens and dozens. It's fair dozens to say. of dozens to uh, be of sure. nutcrackers. They're life size, life size nutcrackers all across, all around. Like different characters, some saints, some like founding fathers. And yep. yeah, so different people sponsor them. I think we've got some friars. I think some so. I need to get down. Friars. I need to get down. Oh well, yes, we do. Yes, is there a friar we, view? No, no. Do you have your nutcracker? No, but there are some friars that are nutcrackers. That's for sure. Crazy, <laughs> nut, crazy guys. <laughs> Um, no, so I got to get down there and see that. Yeah, it's really awesome. I do too. Wait, Wednesday night we're going out. We're going. So tonight I'm Maybe going go to Cleveland uh, with Ellie night. to see a Cleveland Cavs game, and then on Wednesday, I'm seeing a Cleveland Cavs game with you, and on Tuesday, I'm seeing a Penguins game. I can't tell you how excited I am. It's gonna be so fun. So fun. Awesomeness. Okay, uh, real quick. Um, so we're almost. What are we? 14 games into the NFL. Who's gonna? Who's Super Bowl? The Bucks. No, you're you're on crack. Um, you know that's what they said about the New York Giants when they were eight and eight, and they ended up defeating the perfect New England Patriots. And this is what's fun about sports. It is. There's I, always I still, a chance. Boy, New England looks. I mean, um, I think uh, Philadelphia. The Eagles, Philadelphia looks. I think really the Eagles good. are going to go there. And you know what about this? Is a fun story, okay? And I know Ooh. we've done we've done quite a bit on sports already. Already, <laughs> wow, we have. Okay, some um, of that's the phone call. Okay, but. Uh, the 49ers, Mr. Irrelevant, the last yes. person chosen. Yes. So it's funny. One of the podcasts I'm listening to. I'm, did I'm he a, win again this weekend? He did. He so did. is he three and Yes, oh? yes. <laughs> and I'm a couple of weeks behind. So the Mr. Irrelevant, last person picked in the NFL. Yeah. So I'm three weeks behind on my podcast. And they're saying, you know, all right, they're done because they've got a quarterback that's never thrown a pass and he's Mr. Irrelevant. Right. And they, they've not lost yet. So it's just a fun story. So um, Eagles were pretty confident in... And did you watch the Vikings won? The Vikings had the biggest comeback in the history of the NFL. They were down thirty-three to nothing at halftime, and they ended up winning the game. Who'd they? Not the Falcons. Who'd they be? Indianapolis. No, not the Falcons. Oh, but Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan. Oh, exactly. from the Falcons. Oh, exactly. that's so horrible. You exactly. know, the other thing we'll end with the sports thing is: Did you we see promise. the end of the Raiders Patriots game? No. So it was a tie game, 
and the Patriots had it, and they were just trying to do one of those like, all right, let's throw the ball around. Did they score on it? And see if they could score on it. No, the Raiders did. Oh, they, funny. One of them threw a lateral, and a Raider caught it and ran and for, for go, the touchdown. I'll have to go. And YouTube it that. was it was pretty epic. Okay. If you Wait, like that kind that's of that's the wrong one. That's the wrong one I too. Don't, there. there you go. Do I have to do that? What? That push the button thing. No, I can barely do it. We know you love listening to They That Hope, but if you're looking for another great podcast to listen to, check out Legends from the Hill. And Legends from the Hill. Franciscan University alumni director Christy Hemming and co-host Megan Cohen talk with Franciscan alumni from across the decades. They share memories from their time on campus and the ways the university has impacted their lives today. We have so many alumni doing great work in the world. Don't miss this chance to hear some of their stories. You can subscribe and listen to Legends from the Hill on all major podcast apps. And God bless Franciscan University of Steubenville. That was excellent, excellent. I don't even know who that was. I don't know either. I just uh, got just, like, I was just in the zone. Yeah, you were. He I mean, I just, be, if I could have a cigar in my mouth. You nailed it. Uh, just actually, the episode, I think the most recent episode, I get to co-host with Christy on that. Ooh. Actually, it's a really good discussion. We talk with Annie Booth, who's a graduate of mm-hmm. the university in maybe 1939 or something like yeah. that. But uh, And she's in charge of the Titan Line office. Mm-hmm. So we just talk a little bit about what her role is. And, and so it's a really, actually, it's a really good episode. So if you got time, go listen to that. Yeah. So you talk to a lot of great alumni. We do. All of them. All, all the great when ones. When am I getting on that show? Um, soon and very soon. We I'm are going to see. see all right, so um, let me real quick talk about what I did, and I think the rest of the time for the section two uh, is going to be taken up by you. Yes. So I mentioned I went up to Cleveland to celebrate my younger brother's 54th birthday, which was fun. So I took him out to dinner for his birthday. Where'd and you go? I don't remember the name of the place. Red Robin? Nope. It was in Seven Hills. It was Italian. I had chicken piccata that was really great. And then then an Not Red Robin. An appetizer was these olives, like four or five different kinds of olives. And they put them in the oven with olive oil, and then they serve it with bread. Olives with olive oil. Wow, that's creative. so delicious. So good. And then he took me for Christmas. This is clearly not a foodie podcast, by the way. No, it was delicious. Really, I love olive oil and bread. Well, we'd love to promote the restaurant, but Father Dave can't remember it. I'll go find it. Well, well, I'll give it to the end. Uh, And then... Buca de Beppos? No, don't be ridiculous. And then we went um, to Hamilton, which was just fantastic. Nice. I was my Christmas present. How many times have you... What 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 number showing is this? Actually, I'd never seen it before. You've never seen no, it live? No, no, it was the first time I've, I saw it live. Which oh, was, that's so exciting, dude. That's cool. It was cool. really, 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 really fun. I mean, you've and watched it on Disney Plus at least a dozen times? Um, you watched it a few times. Oh, I watched it several times. So the name of the place, it's in Seven Hills, uh, yes. Ohio, right outside of Cleveland. Pizzeria, C-E-R-I-N-O. Serena? <laughs> Chirino? Could be C, could be Ch- C-H. Yeah. Carino. 
C E R N Pizzeria Casarino. Italian, really, really good. Okay. Um, yeah, but it was great. I mean, just again, the going we talked about Les Mis uh, and going to the live theater, so I won't get into that again. It's just I'm I'm amazed at people's creative spirit that that you can take an idea and you can create and you can make something like that. You can it's not everybody's cup of tea, some of sure. the music, but it's really creative and I actually I think it's quite moving and beautiful. Uh and it was just great being with my younger brother and with his family. So it was wonderful. That's awesome. Yep, it was great. It well, was speaking great. of creative ideas. Here we go, folks. Avatar. Let me just invite you just for a moment or two to have a seat because here we go. Just just buckle up, <laughs> yeah. all right? Because I saw the Avatar movie, The Way of Water. This movie is hard to describe, but I'm going to try. going to try. I'm really going to try. First of all, you might wonder, is it a good movie? Is it a good movie? It's, it's amazing. But it like defies. Is it a good movie? Yes. Okay. And it defies a genre in some ways. Like, because it is a good movie. It's like, it, it's just one of these things that's like. Is it a love story? Well, you know, there's love in it. There's family in it. There's fighting in it. There's adventure in Sounds it. Sounds like my life. There's um, a lot of like nature documentary vibe in it. See, this is what I've come down to think. It's like, is it it's a like tree a combination movie? Is it like between. Tree an action movie and a National Geographic special. But it's not. No, but that's not right. Because it's like sometimes in National Geographic where like you see the lions like eating animals and stuff. It's that kind of that's excitement. Nice, there's a nice image for the children. Well, I'm, I'm just saying there's actually there's quite a bit of, of, of violent awesome deaths in this movie. That's lovely. Like when, can't wait when, to see it. Nothing says Advent like violent oh deaths. Oh my gosh. There's this one. Uh, I just don't can't even explain it. it. No, it. but it's, it's no, intense. No, it's animated, right? It's an animated film. No, it's not animated. Uh -huh. That's not the right way to say it because it's not a cartoon. Boy, this is really, I can't it wait has, to go see this. It has, well, you saw the first one, right? I thought we were going to see this together. Yeah. So you saw the first one, right? Yes. Okay. Well, it's that. And then some. Again, and then some. Um, this time it's called The Way of Water. So you might remember the first time it was mostly like forest stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, the humans come back, those evil, horrible humans. And so there's their image. He yeah. takes his family and he runs to the sea people. And so now it's a lot of like underwater and fish stuff. But when those fish get angry and they <sighs> fight back, oh, it, is, back. it is so awesome. Okay, so it is so right, awesome. So in one sentence, yeah. what were they trying to communicate? Humans like, are bad. See, that's what a problem I have with that. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that. And I would say that's probably like, it's an odd thing when I'm like, yeah, the humans are dying. I'm like, wait, I'm human. Um, it, it, is, it is a statement against uh, like colonization for example mm -hmm. uh you know it's a statement against uh uh you know deforestation it's got all of those levels in there but it doesn't feel but there's still just like a lot of awesome action stuff so it doesn't feel for me it doesn't feel like so heavy-handed about it um and it's just kind of a cool story but it is fascinating i try to think of like what other movie do you go to where with, other than a cartoon where the lead where the leads aren't human or human-ish. I mean, yeah. like you think, I think of like Lord of the Rings, for example. Yeah. But there's still humans there. And even the elves are humans. They just have pointy ears. And even the hobbits are humans. They're just short versions. Like this is just, like I feel like what he's trying to do with this, and that's why I kind of said it's part of that National Geographic thing. It's like he's taking you to another world. And he doesn't mind letting you just sit 
and explore this world for a bit. And I think it's kind of cool. This underwater. This particular one has a lot more water stuff. It's not like Atlantis. It's not like totally underwater, but they're on a beach and they spend a lot of time with it. Um, you know, but I think this is why, you, the, going back to the human like point. on the beach, is there a barbecue? Oh, I mean, oh, yeah, there's tons of fish fries. That's nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think one of the reasons why Avatar is kind of a funny thing, it's, it's extremely successful, but it hasn't really gotten like a footprint in geek culture, like a Star Wars mm-hmm. or a Lord of the Rings. And I think some of it is the fact that they're not humans. In, mm, it's hard to identify. It, it's a that. little bit hard, but I like this one actually better than the first one in some ways because it's really all about him protecting his family. He has like, it's like years later, he's got like four kids. He's trying to be a dad, you know, and, and I, I could resonate with those things. Like actually that's, that's kind of cool. Taking him to mass, even when Missed there's a the huge game. sporting game on. Yeah. Uh, that actually happened in it. So, um, so there were some cool things about, I would actually say this one, like one of the big things they keep saying is that family stays together. And if there was a, if there was actually a message of that movie, I would say that particular movie, it's about families stick together, even through difficult times. And that's what I thought was the most redeeming thing, other than like some of the incredible, like when the fish get mad, the fish get even. Oh, it's so good. I feel bad for the humans, but I guess all humans are bad. That's the other message. That fly to Pandora to destroy people. That's- oh, I'm sure nice. there's going to be a movie uh, back, back on Earth, people who are protesting Pandora. Well, people, bad people going to Pandora. I'm sure there's some legislation being enacted to help them. But I remember one time I was in the uh, at the aquarium in Baltimore, which is if you've not been to the aquarium in Baltimore, it's outstanding. It's really, really good. And we were. It was a dolphin show or something like that. Mm. And they were the woman who was. Uh, I, I suppose she's probably a marine biologist, something like that. She sure. was explaining the the life of a dolphin, and and she was talking about how the dolphin. Dolphins can be aggressive with each other and harm the other and this and mm. the other. So I was behind a woman and her daughter, and she was saying to her daughter, she goes, I can't believe that. I mean, they're they're all dolphins, and they'd still hurt other dolphins. I can't believe a dolphin would do that. And I'm like, <laughs> they're animals. Lady, well, yeah. where are you from? It's like we do that to one another all the time. Right. It's like humans hurt people all the time. But yeah. anyway, the so other we movie, should hold dolphins to a different standard. We should. We should. Clearly, the aquatic animals know better than we do. Amen. Um, and then the other movie I saw this weekend was called Weird, which is the Al Yankovic story. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. It was, I didn't see it was, that one. It was awesome in a different way. It, uh-huh. it was a documentary on his life, quote unquote. In fact, in, it begins by Weird Al saying, everything you see in this movie is 100% real. And then you find out a lot of fascinating things about Weird Al that you didn't know before. And- For example... Did you know that actually Weird Al wrote Eat It before Michael Jackson wrote Beat It and Michael Jackson stole from Weird Al? Can I go on a limb and say that, that that may not be true? Also, Weird Al ends up getting assassinated in 1985 by a drug cartel. I had no idea. Do you know, Bob, I think you need to be aware that everything you see on film or everything you read on Facebook may not, in fact, be 100% true. And that's the problem is is that there may be an element of truth in that maybe he did have a drug addiction. No, he never. Stop But that. he did not. Just because I said he got killed by a drug cartel. I didn't say he was addicted to drugs. There's okay. a huge difference. It's a really funny movie. Uh, it's actually a parody on his own life. And uh, I have probably seen Weird Al live than more than any other musician <laughs> I actually learn about you know, popular songs 
by hearing the Weird Al version as soon first. As, as soon as Bob said and that, and then I actually as soon got as like, Bob oh, said that, one of the when we first started this podcast six years ago, seven years ago, twenty, it was in the nineteen thirties. Somebody said to me, "It's like, oh, you guys should do that because you guys are just like so different and that kind of thing." And I'm thinking, "All right, fine," but. Like when you were saying, I've seen Weird Al, I'm thinking, oh my God. He's amazing live. Our His lives, band is a killer. Our lives are so different. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah, the movie I went to is the new movie by AOC. Did you hear about that? Wait, the political yeah, person? Yeah, apparently she did it. I'm joking. I did okay. not see it. <laughs> apparently she did a movie and it was like 130 and it averaged like $80, $80 per theater or something like that. What's the movie about? Is it like a- It's about her and- Oh, her um, life? Actually, it's probably it probably was very similar to the movie you went <laughs> to. You know what's slightly how, exaggerated? How, how bad we are in America and how we're oh not, Avatar. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how we don't do anything right this and the other. But yeah, no. So I actually I don't know. I was just laughing. That was on the news that it didn't quite do as well as they'd hoped. Right. Well, I mean, with weird. Yeah, exactly. With and those Avatar. Two movies, exactly. How do you compete against just, that? Yeah, that, that's just bad planning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just bad planning right there. Yeah, that's cool. Awesome. Well, this week we are concluding our four-part series on why did the Word become flesh just in time for the Christmas celebration. And our final reason, so just to recap, the first reason was that we'd be reconciled to God. The second, that we would know God's love. The third is that we would have a model of holiness. And, you know, I think if there were only three reasons for the incarnation, we wouldn't be complaining at this point. I mean, like, if those, there was only one, we would be okay. You know, <laughs> I know, right? Let's be like, even if he reconciled us, but he was still mad, like, that's still okay. You know, like, but wow, this last reason totally blows my mind. Father Dave, would you lead us in this one? Well, first off, yeah, that's right. The, the reason we talked about doing this was just kind of an opportunity for us to prepare for the coming of the Lord. And, yeah. and, and that's, you know, it's one of those things that we take for granted. It's like, well, yeah, he came. Well, well why did he come? Right. Yeah. Right. Why did he come? And this is, and, and, and I'll get to the fourth one, but this is one of the, you know, there, there are individuals out there who, who don't appreciate the second Vatican council. And I'm just really grateful for the second Vatican council, but the, there's a similarity here in that. Why did they feel the need to have a second Vatican council? Why did they call that council? Because the world needed Christ, hmm. right? The, the the Holy Father and the Church Fathers were looking around, saying, "The world needs Christ," and that is really the focus of the Second Vatican Council: is to bring Christ to the world. So, fundamentally, why did Christ come to the world at the beginning through the incarnation? The three that you mentioned, and the last one. And again, we're taking a look at the Catechism, and this is Catechism number four eight zero, and it said the four six zero. Excuse me, thanks. I don't have my glasses on. Mm-hmm. It says, the word became flesh uh, to make us partakers of the divine nature. For this is why the word became man. And the son of God became the son of man. So that man, by entering into communion with the word and thus receiving divine sonship, might become a son of God. And then it goes on to say, for the son of God became man so that we might become God. That was a quote from St. Athanasius. Think about that. It's okay? huge. Yeah. I'm going to read this again because there's a way you could hear it this. It sounds heretical. And I was just going to say, and if you actually Google, Google um, man becoming God, you know what you get? Uh-uh. Avatar? First, no, Mormons. Really? Yeah, the first, they're all about the... the this, They'd prefer to be known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, the, the, the divinization of man, which is, you know, that that's why. Why did it become so that man could be divinized? Hmm. But it's interesting that the Mormon churches, the Church of Latter-day Saints have really gone into that. So... yeah. For the Son of God became man so that we might become God. The only begotten Son of God wanting to make us sharers in his divinity 
assumed our nature so that he made man might make men gods. And that's like, you read that, it's like, yes, baby, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> right. And, yet, and it's, it's interesting that, that this is the purpose, is that, that God, and this is why God comes to us, Jesus comes to us, and he's both God and he's both man, and that he he takes on, in, in the second person, fully full humanity, right? Yeah. I love what the Fourth Vatican Council says, whatever it is to you be man. You say the Fourth Vatican Council? The Fourth Lateran Council. Oh, good, yes. Yeah, whatever it is to, to become human, that's what Jesus was. Mm. And there's a way sometimes that we apologize for being human. Being human is a wonderful, good, holy, amazing thing mm. because that's what we are. But in the God-man, he, he divinizes, he makes divine humanity in in his person and then as is as the catechism says we become partakers of that yeah and you're right it almost sounds scandalous or heretical to say that we become god but but it obviously it says that that we become partakers we become participation yes in, in that divinization of man and that is the nature of conversion and holiness and the sacraments is to divinize us to make us more like god i had a student one time and i assigned them the four reasons for the incarnation, just wanting to give them a, a simple outline for a talk. And they did really good. And they got to the fourth one Let's and they started taking about, yeah. well, they actually said how we are partakers in the divine image and talked a bit about that and then closed the talk. And I said at the end, um, you got the last point wrong. And he said, what do you mean? I said, you're partakers of the divine nature. And his eyes got really big and he's like, what? And I said, you partake in the divine nature. And then I gave that Athanasius quote for the son of God became man so we might become God. And he was like, and he said to me, I don't think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the catechism is not right. Well, I didn't, I didn't like open it. I mean, I just said that statement and he was clearly, he didn't prep the talk yeah. very well, but I totally appreciated the scandal of it. Right. You know, like this is, this is more than just being fixed. Um, you know, this is more than just, okay, you guys screwed up, but I'll patch you up and you'll be better. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is when we talk about and rebirth. Can I just jump on that? Yeah, yeah please, th go th for th it. Th that's really important. That God doesn't become, Jesus doesn't take flesh just to make us better. Yes. Right? A book could make us better. Yeah. He does it to make us holy, to make us, yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. And even, um, oh, I got to find it. In um, when, when the catechism talks about baptism um, or in grace, yeah, here we go. So, um, in 1999, oh, that was also a really good print song. The grace of Christ is the gratuitous gift that God makes of, to us of his own life, infused by the Holy Spirit into our soul to heal it of sin and to sanctify it. It is the sanctifying or, check this out, deifying grace received in baptism. And so when you come down to our baptism and we talk about being adopted as sons and daughters of God— the adoption of God is more than just, you know, divine paperwork, right? It is in our, in baptism, we are, we are reborn. Like we are actually reborn. It's as if God infuses his spiritual DNA into our souls. And it's a sanctifying grace, but it's a deifying grace that we actually partake in the very life of God. And this is how we enter into all sacramental life. This is how, how can we receive the Eucharist, for example, like how could one possibly receive God, you know, body, blood, soul, and divinity, if we were not already having that deifying grace into our lives? And that's why the, the, the reference to the Eucharist is so important is that because when we take on Jesus, when we take in the Eucharist, it doesn't become us, we become it. Yeah. I, I think I probably shared the story on the podcast before, but 
a friend of mine who's a nun did that uh, genealogy thing, and she found out she's one percent Jewish. And she said, "Why? Why am I one percent Jewish? Because I go to mass every day and I receive the Eucharist, right? <laughs> That's cool. So that, that that transformation that takes place. Yeah. But one of the images that I I read and see if I can remember to and actually articulate it the way the author did. But this idea of partaking in the divine that that we are deified. And again, if you Google that, it right. It just things like because yeah, it's so we, unusual. We it's don't different. become like the Alpha and Omega. You know, we're not saying we become God. No, in that sense. No, but but it's the image that the author used was one of um." Taking a frying pan and putting on a fl- putting it on the pan, and, and on the stove, and then turning on the flame. That flame, by its nature, is the heat. But the fl- the the pan partakes in that heat mm. and becomes quote unquote one with it. It becomes the source, but it right. comes the source comes from somewhere else. It's a partaking of the fire. It's a partaking yes. of that, but it's not. And that was his image that he used. Is that again for an analogy, right? Right, right, right. Is that we are partakers of of the divine nature. Because God is infused in us and God yeah. is baptized and yeah. bred in a relationship with and us. And we move from being creations to being, I mean, that's what it means to be sons and daughters, yeah. to be heirs. And the first uh, installment of our heritage, as St. Paul talks about, is the Holy Spirit. You know, that we are we are given the Holy Spirit in our lives. Again, it's that sanctifying and that deifying grace. If you have any friends who are in Eastern Rite traditions, you know, the Eastern Church is a lot more vocal and talks a lot more about this idea about divinization. The Western church, we're we're focused on salvation more than divinization. And I would say for those of us more in the Latin rite, it is like unusual phrases. Like, again, you almost feel like, is that, can I say that? No, seriously, stand up. For the Son of God became man so that we might become God. Stand up and say that, and they're like, all right, this dude's got an ego problem, right? <laughs> right. But, but it is the. But it also speaks of the nature of, of of the sacraments and of grace that it it literally transforms me. And this is this is self evident. We know this, right? But we are eternal now. Yeah. You know, with with God pouring His grace into us by the eternal soul within each one of us, we participate in the eternal that is God. For this is why the Word became man, and the Son of God became the Son of Man so that man, by entering into communion with the Word and thus receiving divine sonship, might become a son of God. And as, and as John says in uh, his first letter, chapter 3, um, see what love the Father has lavished upon us by letting us be called children of God. Yeah, that is, that is what we are. It's not just a title. It's not just a cutesy title. Oh, you're a son of God. You're a do- oh, you're a prince. You're a princess, right? Sometimes we can do that. Us, yeah. It's like, no, actually... This is the reality of it. And so as we celebrate Christmas and as we celebrate the Incarnation, I mean, I think it's, again, this reason just is the mind-blowing, you did what? Like, you didn't just come to save us. You came to make us like yourself. Like, you came to invite us into your family. You came to transform us into a rebirth that we are in you, a new creation. And the new creation isn't just a reset of the old creation. It is a new life, it is a new identity, it's a new foundation, it's a new grace that changes everything. And again, it, it speaks to the Lord's generosity, right? Yeah. Is that he's going to share his very self, his very nature with us, which is, again, we want to hold back and just in case or have something up above, but he, this is so, such Franciscan theology, he totally empties himself yes. and pours himself out for us and then divi- invites us into that relationship. So this weekend, as you look upon that little baby in a cradle, uh, think of these reasons. You know, it's it's more than just, oh, that's so cute, and isn't God wonderful? It's about our salvation. 
It's about knowing the depths of his love. It's about seeing in that life the very model of what it means to be holy. And it is about God becoming flesh, becoming human, so that humanity might become God's, as the Catechism says, in the sense of partaking in the fullness of his divine life. Amen. Heavenly Father, we pray during this uh, last week of Advent as we draw closer to Christmas that our hearts and our minds would be turned towards you, that we would fully uh, come to understand more fully more and more purely uh, why you became flesh. And we thank you, Lord, that you've done that. Lord, pray his blessings upon you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Happy Advent. Merry Christmas, everyone listening. Thank you so much. You're in our prayers over the Christmas holiday. Over the Christmas holiday, uh, in the next week or so, you'll get the supercut of our four-part episode of Why the Word Became Flesh for your own reflection during the Christmas season. Uh, we're off a couple weeks. You're going to be in the Holy Land, which is exciting. And I will also be in my own type of Holy Land yes. in Orlando, Florida. Lovely. And I'm sure we'll be able to compare stories when we get back. Lovely. And we will get back. Uh, our next podcast is going to come your way January 18th. So about two or three weeks off with a supercut somewhere in there. Good. Have a Merry Christmas. Have a happy new year. Happy 2023. God bless. God bless.